Oh, sir, I don't like it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to No Sir Pod. Carmen Morales here as your host. And today I have an incredible guest with me. I'm pretty fucking stoked about it. International sensation, Miss Tiff Stevenson. How are you? Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm good, thanks. I like being described as a sensation. <laughs> She's a sensation. That's why I am in America with my pink hair and middle-age breakdown. Here I am, a sensation. Are you even having a middle-age breakdown if you don't dye your hair in extreme color? I think that's part of it. Right, okay. But you do it in your 20s as well, so I don't know like a lot of things i guess can be a middle-aged breakdown and what is middle-aged anymore in fact it's that's, pretty, that's a pretty gray area too yeah that's one that could be an instant peeve actually it's, it's what people consider to be middle-aged when you think we're living longer and longer and longer we're living people, too long if i'm being living, completely honest we're living too long so actually <laughs> if if i live to my full capacity as a woman and i plan to be fucking oh my god a witch by the end <laughs> Like if I live, if I live, if I live to a hundred, like I'm nowhere near my middle age. Yeah. No, nowhere so. near. So you're good. Yeah. But yeah, I think that middle age, I mean, middle age when you were like, what in the twenties was like 15. So it's, like, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty, I mean, I think that's why they were marrying 14 year olds. Right. Cause they were going to die at 30. And they're like, I got to get this bitch before she's an old hag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> got to get her young. I got to get her while she's middle aged. Not good. <laughs> Knock, <laughs> knock some out, knock a couple of kids out. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, and, and, and for men as well, like it manifests itself in different ways. And I actually, I feel pretty good with my age. I feel like there comes a um, level of, I think the beautiful thing about your 20s is your, and how old, are you in your 20s or 30s? 30s. 30s, mm-hmm. yeah. In your 20s, you're so panicked about like what everyone thinks of you. And then in your 30s, you're like, Oh fuck. no, it's what I think about me. Yeah. And then you right? And then you get to 40 and you're like, I don't give a fuck about a- me, anyone, anything. Yeah. I'm just gonna do what pleases me. Get out of my fucking way. <laughs> that's why I think I I think uh, I was thinking about this. I think that's why I like dudes in their 30s, because I think that's when they're the most interesting. Like in their 20s, I think they they don't know what the fuck is going on. And then in their <laughs> 30s, they're like, oh wait, I'm a person. I got thoughts and opinions and like that's when they like it's almost as if they them developing who they are is in their 30s versus us when we're like in our 20s figuring it all out and then in our 30s we're like okay this is who I am I think guys in their 30s are like okay well these this is this is what I think about things well also because they don't women were just more communicative we use more words don't we oh yeah so so um, many more words so actually you know male friendships specific sort of man-on-man friendships, how much can you explore who you are? Because we've talked through every version of ourselves Oh yeah, with our girlfriends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're like, you know, we've got, I'm this and I'm solid in it. And then the next day, it can be a completely different version of that. We've talked we've talked about it 20 times till we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. I've stayed up with my girlfriends. Not to mention how many times you've talked about it with yourself. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. I've stayed up till five in the morning just talking mm-hmm. and not even drinking. You know, some I've done it with drinking as well, but just been like talking and then like, what does this mean? And what do you think about this? And this, you know... Uh, 
what do you think this means for the world? And how about what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's my place in it? And, yeah. and how can I affect things? Uh, yeah. And I feel like women were constantly like kind of not recalibrating, but we're constantly trying to figure out how we fit into this part of a bigger thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's why it just takes guys a little bit longer to get there. I think it's also because they don't associate, I don't think they think about their role in things as much as we do in that right. like that's why when they're like no you look fine and it's like i'm i'm not fine because i like I, today i'm this woman i am this version of yeah female and i'm this you know what i mean i'm this kind of person today and i don't think they're switching it up as much as we are no do you know what i mean like today i'm gonna be studious or today i'm gonna be manipulative or do you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. they're not making as much conscious efforts as like that's why i have to dress this way and i'm looking this way and i'm today i'm i feel powerful therefore i I will be wearing this and this is going to represent that and all that. So for guys today, I feel like I need to get respect and men are just, that's given. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And some men you think, how? I know who you are. You can barely wipe your own ass, but somehow. (laughs) And even if you are wiping it, you're not doing a good job. You don't ever hear about women worrying about skid marks. You know what I mean? I wipe (laughs) till I bleed, baby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It needs to be fresh and clean down there. Mm -hmm. What they need in America and in the UK, actually, is the system that they have in the Middle East, which is the bum gun. The bum gun? Or the tons of fun bum bum gun, as we sometimes (laughs) call it. It's a little, it's a hose that's next to the toilet and it just squirts out a jet of water. You're just like a bidet? It's like a bidet, but it's without having to have any bidet installed. It just, it's a hose that sits next to the toilet. Mm -hmm. It's plumbed in. And it's like, you know, in fact, it's like the thing you have in your sink, you know, that you use to rinse the dishes for the little. So you just get little. So you just get around there and you, and it's better because otherwise you've got a bidet. So you've essentially got a second toilet. Mm-hmm. See, I have a, a toilet in. attachment. I got the one where it's a it's a separate toilet seat, and there's right. a thing that comes out and squirts and then goes back in. So you can get these on Amazon. Yeah, right. So yeah, I yeah. think I'm going to get one of these because I, I strongly recommend it. They, they uh, I went to someone's house and I was like, oh my god, you've got like a little bead, like a Japanese toilet system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think I'm going to get one. I mean, this is some really hot content we're dropping on you right <laughs> now, guys. But, well, well, not was, hot content. This was, uh, <laughs> this was sponsored by that bidet company for. <laughs> A while so oh, really? it's like we talked about so shit so much on this podcast at one point so um i think i think the listeners are okay <laughs> but also it, it really does like it makes you feel cleaner like yes. you know what i mean like it's bizarre to me that because when i like i remember the first time i even fucked with anything like that i was at my cousin's house and they live in spain and i was over there and then i was like i didn't even know that was an option because we didn't fuck with it at all here yeah. it was just straight up dry paper forever and then and it was just like, oh, oh yeah, just like cleaning any other part of my body, you need to use water. Yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then we kind of got there with the wipes and stuff like that. But then I was like, there's like huge, just giant balls of those things just floating through. Fat yeah. Just the, yeah, this shit. <laughs> just not shit wipes <laughs> that are like meteor sized just floating through our sewers which is disgusting too so it's just like oh you could just use water and then you know they're not dry. In, they're not necessarily environmentally conscious right mm-hmm. yeah but they are good for feeling you know cleaner especially if you're having an on-the-go poo oh yeah I like, to, <laughs> like there's nothing i hate being not in my house for that moment mm-hmm. 
I need tranquility. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I put on whale sounds. <laughs> I need to be relaxed. My ass needs to be relaxed. It's an experience. I light a couple candles. Yeah, <laughs> and not just for the scent. Sometimes just for ambiance. Yeah, it's yeah. Gonna, gonna take some me time. <laughs> gonna treat myself. <laughs> yeah. Treat myself to a good BM. It's gonna be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's dive into it. Let's give me give me some stuff. Give me I'm some hit stuff. You up with like, some peeves. Yeah, let's this give is me. a new one. Okay. So um, I have a list, <laughs> by the way, because I am the kind of person that keeps a list of these things. Mm-hmm. But um, and I don't know. I can't. I need to coin a term for this. But it's when a friend complains to you about a thing. So they bring up an issue to you, mm-hmm. and then you take their side. In that kind of like, oh, you're my friend. That sounds shitty and annoying. Yeah, and fuck then that. I'm on your side. Yeah, yeah. and Team then you. they start defending the oh, other they person. Start, <laughs> they start arguing with you for arguing, being on their side. Yeah, like so. You've, <laughs> I didn't want any part of this, but yeah. I'm your friend. Yeah, you've contacted me to say this has happened. Isn't this shitty? And I'm like, yeah, that's really shitty. Why are they doing that to you? Oh, that's but that's really annoying. And they're a dick. And like, well, it's not their fault. And you're like. Oh no, now I'm in an argument with you. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't tell me be about your argument. shit. Don't I just about... wanted to be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Have you ever had that happen to you? Oh yeah. We're yeah. Well, and, and that's the other thing. But for me, I'm just walking through the logic with my friend. So it could be me. I could be addressing my own, uh, like my own uh, overt, like, like emotions about it. So it's just like this fucking happened and it sucks. And then you're like, Oh, that does suck. And it's like, yeah, but also da 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 da. You know what I mean? Now I'm walking through, it's not necessarily an argument. You're just witnessing me argue with myself yes. through it. And what I'm saying is keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> And then come to me when you've got a conclusion and you know what you're genuinely <laughs> like, honestly, just like figure it out and then talk yeah, to me about it. Figure it out. Kind of go, what am I really annoyed about? Is it that they did this? Is it that I don't like this person? Is it the other person's fault who brought this person into the scenario? Whatever it is, it just it's frustrating. And then you feel like you're having an argument with someone who you're attacking you, going, <laughs> Well, actually, he's not that bad a guy, actually. And I'm like, I'm just being your friend. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why are you making it hard to be supportive? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's up there. There should be a name for it, and I haven't coined a term for it yet. But there should be um, like a um, it's like a like a like, like a friend like reversal. Yeah, like a blame thrower or something. Like yeah, it's like mm-hmm. kind of like a you know um, what's it? Not something anger. There's a displaced anger. Oh something. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, m- maybe I'll come up with a term for it. Maybe a funny one. You know, I'm a stand-up. Com- <laughs> I'm a stand-up comedian. You'd think I would. <laughs> it's a. Th- uh, do you know? To be fair, I only just thought about talking about it on here this morning because it's a thing that's happened, been happening for years, and then it happened again recently. And I was like, oh, that reminds What's, me. What was the example? What happened? Who was, oh, was bitching about something? And I, then- d- I don't think I can go into proper detail on it. I don't because it was just it was it was someone complaining about something someone at work had done but then kind of saying it wasn't their fault it was actually their boss's fault for bringing this pe- but I was like but you the first thing you told me about was this person and you were like I can't fucking believe this person yeah so I'm like yeah that person yeah fuck them yeah. <laughs> yeah and then they're like well actually it's not their fault and you're like I don't care yeah, well, now so never mind. Yeah. yeah, now never mind. So just... Now I'm wh- not on your side. Yeah. <laughs> work. I'm busy. I've got a lot of shit to do. I've got a busy life. So work out, like... And also... Just call, tell me who to hate. Just tell me who to hate and I'll hate them. Yeah. Or also, call me. Call me and rant down the phone for five minutes. And then when you've finished, I'll go, you good? Yeah. And I'll go, yeah. And I'll go, right, anything you want to unpack? 
yeah or no and that's it because a conversation as well but like a text conversation it's it's infuriating oh it's worse when it's on text because then you can also hear because then you can also hear someone's inflection where they're like but maybe it's not his fault because his boss and da 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 you know what i mean that's so you can't hear all of that um, self-arguing to understand where somebody's at when you're reading it. Yes. You know what I mean? Because then yeah. when you're reading it, you're just like, okay, well then what the fuck do you open with this strong-ass emotional shit for if you want me to not be angry at him? Yeah, also I'm a fixer as well. I'm a, if someone complains, I'm a fixer. So yeah. I'm like, what about doing this, this, and this, and this, and I will try and make you feel better, and I will try and offer solutions. And, and sometimes, sometimes people don't want that Sometimes at all. people don't want solutions, but that's also fine. Yeah. If you go, I just want to complain about this, but then also I'm not your therapist, so like work out. Yeah. <laughs> like work out if it's a level of, you know, so mm-hmm. there's a there's a kind of line there as well. I have that problem too, especially like since uh, <laughs> so many people I know are depressed. Whenever somebody starts like talking about being bummed out and stuff like that, I'm like, well, why not this? Well, why not? Let's try and fucking <laughs> let's yeah. try and fix your brain. You know yeah. what I mean? Where yeah. it's just like, no, I'm just sad and I'm talking about being sad. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. no fixing this. And I wonder as well, as I'm talking about it, I mean, most things that you complain about or that irritate you in other people are usually a mirror. <laughs> oh yeah. To something that pisses you off about yourself. yourself. Any so kind maybe of I do it. <laughs> maybe I do it. And <clears throat> maybe I feel the need to go in and defend and do. I don't think I do. But also as well, I you know, I'm not someone who massively gets into text conversations about things because I don't like texting. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather speak to someone in person or on the on the phone. That's got to be frustrating here because everybody here is anti-phone conversation. Yes. And it's fucking annoying. Like I'm from old, like I'm old school. Like I used to have five, five hour long conversations with dudes I had crushes on. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I'm always game for a phone chat because then I can hear your I voice I can hear inflecting. tone and yeah. that's exactly it. You don't know what There's the There's less miscommunication. And the yeah, exactly. The intent behind it is is it's difficult to read. Where you go, actually, if I spoke to you on the phone, we could talk about this. It could be five minutes, mm-hmm. and then. But r- now I'm all day in this kind of text marathon with someone, misinterpreting, not sure, misunderstanding. Yeah. So I I like to get face to face, and then I can see, you know. Yeah, look in your fucking eyes and know, know exactly how, where you're at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but knowing how they make you feel, are you making me feel like? Like that uh, you respect my opinion and my on it and my ideas and you want that. Mm-hmm. Or are you just, yeah. are you now somehow angry with me and I don't know why because you've misinterpreted, I've misinterpreted. Yeah. And this is become a whole other You have to know somebody thing. so well to be able to read their text messages the way that they wrote them. You know what I mean? Like with, with, with the okay, just okay, just the yeah. word okay. Yeah. has so many tones. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, and so there's no fucking way to know unless you are so in tune with this person, you know which okay it is. And then you could be like, okay, well, don't be like that. Or it could be like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> if somebody's Fine. Sh- Yeah, exactly. If somebody's shutting down on you with an okay. Or, I mean, you can also do that with K, but some people just use the word K because it's shorter. So it's like, then there's several different people communicating the same way, but with completely different tones. And Oh, and then you've got the nightmare of being in a conversation back and forth and having a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, back and forth, having a bit of fun, being in conversation. And then someone likes your comment and you're like, what someone you know like when you text someone mm-hmm. like hearts puts a heart or likes it but yeah. then doesn't respond yeah and it's like a passive aggressive way of going conversations ended 
<laughs> or if it's I've used that if I'm like busy and I can't respond, but I want them to know that I read it. You right, know what I mean? So right. it's just like a th- I'll give them a thumbs up or if it's something that doesn't really require an answer, I'll give a thumbs up to acknowledge like for acknowledgement purposes. Yes. I but also yeah. a- as a person on the receiving end of that, I hate it, too. Yeah. So I'm uh, that's definitely a mirror thing for me where it's like or you could just say, got it. Cool. Bet. It, even even the ha ha. You're like, well, that could be sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> We're comedians who are like, ha ha, is it ha ha or is it fuck it out? Yeah. So what I think I'm saying is technology is destroying us. Yeah. It's, it's making it far less easier to communicate. Yeah. And it's, well, it's making, it's also making us long winded. Like that's the other thing too, is like you can have a text conversation with somebody over the entire course of the day. And it's like, and then they it could be interpreted like you're not really trying to have it like you don't really want to have that conversation it's just like no this conversation has just been dragged on for hours and hours because we're both living our lives while also giving each other attention you know yes. what i mean like yeah. it's a really weird dynamic that we you can have somebody could still feel uh neglected even though you're conversing with them all day long yes. you know yeah it's so weird Whereas like you could just spend an hour with someone at a coffee shop and they're like, all right, I'm good. Solid. Thanks. (laughs) I'm good for a week. I'll see you next week. You know what I mean? Like it's so strange. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's definitely no fixing it. We're not going back. (laughs) I do like a FaceTime actually. Really? I enjoy a FaceTime. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's like a, I feel like I'm seeing, that's a nice side of the technology because then you can gauge tone and, Mm -hmm. you know, and everything else. Um, But uh the only thing I don't like about FaceTime is then you can also witness somebody be distracted from being able to from being able to engage. Like they're obviously either either they, either they have a little bit of ADHD or something, but it's just like okay, they're all right, all right. I'm I'm right here. I'm right. I'm literally in your hand. Like can you fucking just give, and they're just you know looking for this and I'm but for, you know that you can just literally watch them be distracted while they're trying to communicate with you. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's like a movie that's not grabbing your attention yeah. <laughs> like oh i'm a shit film yeah <laughs> i'm a shit film you've gone off to do something else i'm a shit film and there's no scat at all it's very <laughs> disappointing i'm sorry i'm not living up to your uh your facetime fantasies right now um yeah but it's that yeah i, I do love a face i love a I love a FaceTime with my family uh, just because my parents will forget that it's FaceTime and then they'll put me up to their ear and then I'll have a, a nice video of my dad's hairy ass ear trying to talk to me my because he can't hear me. only just worked it out so I'm getting a lot of the top of her head. <laughs> which is great. I'm just getting the forehead. <laughs> just, like, just a peekaboo conversation yeah. with your grown mother. Yeah, that's very fun. <laughs> I should FaceTime more. I don't think I FaceTime enough. Um, I think that probably would be more helpful. I think parents they want to see your your face. So my because I'm on the other side of the world, my mum's like, I want to see your face. So wait, you're not from she, here. <laughs> 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 um, but then she, yeah. So she's actually now I'm out here for a bit longer. She's actually gone and got an iPhone <laughs> so she can FaceTime. Aww, good so um, yeah, but like you know. Timing wise, either way, someone's sort of always in bed. Yeah. <laughs> You're just always FaceTiming with a pillow behind your head. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe. I live in my bed. Oh, are you not up? You know, already. Oh my God. This is a nightmare. It's so, 7 a.m., mom. Easy. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then she can see around my apartment and everything, which she wants to, do, you know. Mm-hmm. So, 
It was it's like good for that. So yeah. there's there's the positive. Uh, do you want some more things? Yeah, tell me some more things. So I, <laughs> I I'm going to share some of the ones because I actually wrote a thread because I've been thinking about the environment a lot recently and ways to save the planet. And I thought actually what we need is a cull of oh. people, like a cull, like thinning the herd. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've got a few suggestions. So anyone. So who you're talking about like a Thanos situation where we just murder half of the people? Yeah, okay. yeah but nice. with, with a specific. Um, oh, the selection process, right. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who dies and who stays? So anyone who uses the word hubby or hubster, Ooh. I don't know if that happens here. I don't, I've never heard hubster, but hubby for my husband. Hubby, yeah, yeah, I've heard hubby. Yeah. It makes me, um, I feel physically ill. Yeah, I just saw you like almost throw up in <laughs> yeah. your mouth when I said it. <laughs> I just watched you, <laughs> you almost uh, regurgitate that pastry. You just Netflix had. and chill with my hubby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's the American version. In the UK, it would be like taking the hubster out for a meal or my hubby. Oh. And look, <laughs> it's it's so horrible because I don't know. I'm engaged and I can never find a correct way to describe my life partner, which makes it sound like I'm not a lesbian. A, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I'm that not in a hetero relationship. Yeah, when yeah. you have like when whenever somebody is not an LGBT couple and they say my partner or my life partner and stuff like that, I'm always like, I feel like you're trying too hard to be an ally because now you're just annoying. Yeah. Do you right. know what I mean? Yeah, Where yeah. it's just like so you life- can still <laughs> say my fucking boyfriend or my husband or whatever. Like you I'm know what I mean? too old to say boyfriend. And even <laughs> before we got engaged, I'm like, my boyfriend, it just there's a point past your my man friend because he's yeah, not a my, boy anymore my man friend there's a point past i think once you get to your late 30s it's not cute to say boyfriend mm-hmm. um and uh and ditto with men when men say girlfriend they're older men i'm like Ugh. that's gross yeah. yeah so so that went i hate the word fiance makes me that makes me feel ill as well like it's too French and it's too mm-hmm. like like I'm being betrothed to someone. So, yeah. you know, um, and when we do get married, I suppose husband. I don't know. I just don't like the idea of sounding like I'm owned by someone. Yeah. So I really struggle like boyfriend, partner, life partner. Other half is sometimes what we use. But that suggests that I'm I definitely just, would never say better half because better half. my yeah, ego I would wouldn't that. let me either. <laughs> yeah. There's a thousand yous. There's only one of me, motherfucker. You are not my better half. You're not my better half. (laughs) Other half is is fine, but it just sort of suggests there is then a suggestion there that you're incomplete. Without So I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, um, and who was it recently who said the phrase, was it Emma Watson? She said she was Mm self-partnered, which I kind of like the idea and I think it's like, Oh, very feminist and forward thinking. But I was like, but then what happens if you want to break up with yourself? Oof. When you're That's self-partnered, hard. you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I hate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate you too. But couples do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they still work it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ask a couple that's been married like 35 years. They definitely wake up hating each other uh, some oh, days. We, we um, That happened a few years into the relationship. Sometimes mm-hmm. at night I just whisper, like, I'm going to kill you in your sleep. <laughs> Just can you know, he hear you? I don't think so. And then he'd wake up in the morning, and I'd feel good because I'd got it all out. The night before. <laughs> uh, and sometimes we would say it to each other. We've always found it fun to threaten really violent things on each other. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hip check you into that bus. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm gonna kneecap you. Or like, don't worry, I'm g- I'm gonna be the one who takes you out. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, I will keep. He's got like 
small You'll ears. You'll die in the hands of the love, by the he, hands the of a loved one. Love. Yeah. He's got really small ears. So I was like, I'll put those in a display case because they're special. I'm glad you think it's funny. The way to tell somebody to compliment their ears. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to mutilate the rest of you, but I'm keeping those cute ass fucking ears. I'm going to keep those in a glass case. And I'm glad you think it's funny because like, you know, it's one of those things that was like quite obviously joking. It's like, I love someone so much. I want to hurt you. I want to eat you. I want to. Yeah, but that's know. the same thing. Like when you see a baby, like when I see a baby, I'm like, I just want to eat. I'm going to fucking gnaw those cheeks off, dude. Yeah. I'm going to make a cheek sandwich yeah. with those fucking baby cheeks, dude. I'm just going to fucking gnaw into that little fat baby. Leg. Yeah, little fat leg. A little fucking baby turkey leg. Just yeah. give me it. I don't really want to eat that child. Exactly. It's just so adorable. And uh, my heart is overfilling with love that I just want to kill that baby with my mouth. Yeah. Like, what is so wrong about that? That's totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have somebody that that gets that though too. Because I yeah. mean, I've there's been times when I've really like flirting with someone or in it and have gotten gotten extremed, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "You're obviously not the one. <laughs> if you can't yeah. handle a little fucking light murder humor, then this probably isn't gonna work." We do great text joke convos and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be ones where like I threat. I threatened to leave him and he was like, I'm keeping the cat. And I was like, you're absolutely not. I'm having the cat. Uh, you can keep, you can keep all the guitars, mm-hmm. especially that one you stripped off and repainted. And he was like, when people recognize my genius, that's going to be worth a lot of money. I was like, I recognize your genius now. And I still don't want that piece of shit. guitar." <laughs> <Right>. So we, <laughs> these are the kind of, these are the kind of conversations we have each other all the time. I often wonder, God, if someone found my phone, they'd be like, what is this? Yeah. Again, because text messages. Yeah. No context. No context. So that we brought it back full circle. Yeah. So it's just it's a contextless. series. It's two people. It's two people with a series of threats to each other. <laughs> and, then, and then somebody's like, oh, my God, she's in fear for her life right now. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, I'm just expressing yeah, threats are my love language. Yeah. <laughs> um, so who else? Um, uh let's uh, oh um vape emporiums there's an emporium yeah have you not seen vape emporiums they have they they popped up in london vape shops i don't know why in vape shops they seem to go hand in hand with like things for mobile phones as well maybe it's just like because <laughs> they're just trying to sell you anything at yeah this point. like yeah. usb but like the idea of a vape emporium to try and make it sound i don't know Almost like Victorian or old school, like a vape apothecary. Yeah. No, I don't know. Anything it's just a bunch of douchey people in a room. Yeah. With non-smoke smoky. <laughs> with with clouds of like cherry just coming mm-hmm. out of the doorway. And I know loads of people that vape and I think it's, I think it's fine. But the vape emporium is, um, yeah. Yeah, don't try to jazz up the douchiest thing. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. It's also like, you've never had a cigarette emporium. You know what I mean? Like, there's never been a... A tobacco emporium. Yeah, no. No. It's It's a tobacco shop. You buy the shit you need for it, and you go and you fucking do it. And most of the time, you get it from just like a grocery store, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like I'm gonna buy a packet of cigarettes and and. Uh, I think they're trying to jazz it up like how like you know how like smoking a hookah is supposed to be like your cool or cultured or something like that, and it's definitely not. It's just a really big thing to smoke your apple tobacco out of. Yeah, which yeah. is the same as a vape, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a bigger much. vape contract. But I suppose it's got more <laughs> of a. I suppose it's got more of a history because mm-hmm. you know, as a, like a a Middle Eastern 
traditional pastime. It's more cultural right? appropriation. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're making money off of the culture of somebody else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then oh, yeah, then jazz it up. Call it an apothecary or an emporium. Because <laughs> you got to pay that extra tax yeah. to the people of the Middle East you stole it from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, <laughs> not, you, the, not when you're people. selling laser pens yeah. and... <laughs> yeah. And like mobile phone chargers. It's always mobile phone chargers. I suppose, <laughs> I suppose because you have to charge the vape pen. I mean, I don't know. The modern world, it's got me shook. Yeah. Um, what else? Baby chinos. Baby chinos? Now, I don't know if these are a thing here, but um, at my place in North London, every weekend the coffee shops are overrun with a very particular type of middle-class parent okay. who has absolutely no control over their child. Oh, there's, that's, so that's, that's everywhere it's a here. Very, yeah, but Don't go to brunch here on a Sunday. Right. You will see that. But it is, it is uh, what I find is, and I say this as a working-class person, I think it's more of a money thing because I think working-class parents are a bit more like, shut the fuck up, get in the car. Yeah. You're to be quiet. You're not to be... Whereas this is more like kids running around smart. Okay, Sebastian, express yourself. You yeah, know, that yeah, kind yeah. of like, you know. People who have nannies. Yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, Where they uh, they obviously aren't parenting their child enough. So this is them parent, quote unquote, parenting while they <laughs> yeah. don't have somebody else that they're paying yeah, to yeah. do it. And they suck at it. Isn't it wonderful it. when he kicks stuff? He's very athletic. You know, that kind yeah, of yeah. stupid um, <laughs> bullshit. So, you know, when you're there and you're hungover and you're having like a bad morning and there's it's yeah. now become a creche, it's become a nursery in the coffee shop, right? Yeah. So, um, but a lot of these women order something called a baby chino. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have it here, it must be coming here, which is, it's like, I'll have a latte and Sophie wants a mocha and a baby chino for the little one. <laughs> like these. Like a baby cappuccino? Yeah. It's just a cup of froth milk, basically. Oh, so it's a, it's. It's a, it's, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a cappuccino a, without the fucking coffee in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do they call them kitty chinos here? Do I don't know. I, I don't actually have not heard that. I think the crazy parents here just still actually give their kids the coffee. So they're <laughs> even more fucking psycho and running around even faster. As if the sugar they've been consuming all morning wasn't enough. Let's throw a little caffeine on it so they're absolutely batshit crazy. Ah, uh, Okay, well, yeah, we have the froth. We have the froth milk, which I get. In some ways, I kind of get it. It's kind of cute, but it's also like, you're like, oh god, I used to say like, if your child's that desperate for froth milk, then just like jump up and down and breastfeed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> just froth like, that titty no, milk. No, 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 no child needs like frothed up milk. And it's kind of cute if you're in your house and it's like, oh, oh have a coffee with, with mommy. Yeah, yeah. And, but you know, like people are in there ordering them like. And they're ch ch marking them up, and I'm like, "What is what is happening?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm entitlement is happening. <laughs> I, I, I'm from an era where, um, okay, so when I went to school, um, when I was at school in the '80s, we uh, Margaret Thatcher was prime minister, mm -hmm. and we used to get free milk at school. Okay. I don't know if that happens here in the U.S. I mean, if you get like school lunch and stuff, you get a free meal. Right. This was irrespective of whether or not you bought your own lunch or if you got free school lunch, there would be bo little bottles of milk. Okay. For everyone at playtime. And then she took it away. And hence the term Thatcher, Thatcher, milk snatcher. Oh, wow. She robbed the children of milk. <laughs> so we've gone from like, I so I kind of grew up and I was like, the milk was taken away from us. And now mm -hmm. these little fucks get thruffed cups full of it. <laughs> 
in a coffee shop, like you know. So there's um, a little bit of jealousy there. You just a little you bit wanted jealousy. your milk frost. I got I got my hard knocks. They got their heads <laughs> of their hard knocks. Oh no, we didn't get I got frost. Shitty two percent. We got we got curdled because yeah. it was always out in the sun till break time. And it would have cream on top of it, yeah, and it was I disgusting. <laughs> I had to eat my milk with a fork. God damn it! Yeah, these assholes are getting frothed and heated and yeah. sprinkled a little bit of cinnamon on top. Fuck these, these kids. kids! Yeah, yeah. And I think it's less about the child itself and more about the type of middle class, like uh, competitive parenting that goes alongside it. Mm-hmm. And there's a definite. Oh, look type at how cute that. my relationship is with yeah. my kid. We have yeah. coffee together. We're such friends. Yeah. That is something that I'm fucking tired of. I'm tired of parents trying to be their kids' friends. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because then they're just Well you could shitty. be their parent. <laughs> yeah. They're just shittier parents. That's all that that is. Like you I wouldn't like I'm I'm friends with my mom now because she's a grown ass bitch and so am I. You know what I mean? So yeah. but I still respect her as my parent and I still listen to her like one. But uh when when parents like try to like let you know, I'm just I just like to level with Trevor. You know what I mean? I just get down there and I get into it with him. What's going on with you, buddy? Like you're not a youth pastor. You're you're <laughs> literally the symbol of authority and how and, and then you wonder why like young people don't give a fuck about authority. And it's just because like it, there was never anything really present in their uh, the, your infantile and like toddler level. You know what I mean? That whole isn't it great that he's kicking the soccer ball in the middle of the cafe? it's all that shit it's um it kids need boundaries yeah it actually makes them feel safe yeah so that's <laughs> there's a, you know that's it's a safety thing of like having limits is it's also teaching secure. them structure like yeah it, 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 yeah there's like a lot of shit where instead of you uh trying so hard you know what it is? It's like, how low is your self-esteem that the kid that you made, you're worried about whether it likes you back? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Stop yeah. giving a shit. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Just make sure. I'm not sure. here for you to like me. Yeah. I'm here I- to make you a good kid. Yeah. And like, that's like not even a thing. It just seems like that matters less and less. And it's more of like this weird symbiotic relationship that you have with your kid. And then of course they're not going to try to do anything for themselves because you end up doing everything for them. So on and so forth. That's why everybody bitches about how millennials don't know how to, they can't cook for themselves. They can't clean for themselves, but yeah, but you raised them that coddled. You know what I mean? Like you can't be mad because you made it so easy for them that they don't want to do anything for themselves. They've got baby chinos for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) This is how fucking chino babies. (laughs) This is how milk comes, right? (laughs) This is how it comes. This is how it's served. Heated and frothed and with a little heart in it. Yeah. I want (laughs) shapes. I want, uh, (laughs) yeah. I think what we, we are, we, we are raising, you know, this is globally expectant little shits. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I do believe that there must be a balance between some of the stuff that, you know, my parents and their generation got wrong and like what's happening now. Yeah. I call, I call it second wave entitlement. That's the right. thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is a second wave entitlement. The first wave uh, w- would, I think would definitely be <clears throat> my <throat> generation in, and uh, we're, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know specifically. I don't know. I haven't thought this completely out, but I do. I was thinking about it like in waves of feminism. Yes, like this yeah, is the second yeah. wave of entitlement. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, and I don't know how to curb it, to be honest with you, other than like, because that's the other thing too, is you can't even like, 
suggest the things that our parents or our parents' parents did. Like, you can't ever say anything good about that because they're fucking boomers. They don't know shit. Da 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 da. Like, they're always like, everybody's always shitting upwards now. Yeah, on the generation before. Previously. But actually, there were some things that were good and there were some things they did right. And you have to be able to see that. And in the context of, you know, Mm -hmm. that um, time as well. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is like, you, yeah, well, things were different then, just like things are different now than then. Yes. So they're just, everybody is literally reacting to their environment regularly. So whatever that is, I mean, that's that's the thing that you're going to get. I remember my dad used to get annoyed at me, and it was different in the UK because it wasn't like the US. You didn't get unlimited free calls, local calls. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'd always see American teenagers on the phone for ages. Oh, yeah, and that, that was just me. wasn't that just wasn't a thing in the UK because we you had to pay for every really? phone call. Yeah, you didn't get free local phone calls until like later, 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 I think. So it would still cost. It wasn't a huge amount, but it would still cost. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I remember I got like three phone calls in one night and my dad was furious and he locked me in my bedroom. <laughs> locked me in my bedroom <laughs> and pulled the phone out of the wall. Now he's like, and now I can't. I was like, you're just hurting yourself. And now I can't speak to anyone if I need to get an important phone call because your fucking friends are just calling relentlessly, right? <laughs> Um, and you're like, sorry, people like me. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> don't be jealous because I'm more popular. What, what do you want? Um, um, but then part of me is now looking back on that. I think the locking me in my room was too much, but I sort of get it because it's like, haven't you got homework to do? Yeah, you have, shit, these, um, you have shit to work on. You've got stuff to do. So you can't just, ha- it can't just be all the things you like for forever. You have to do some work and you have to learn how to balance that. And when you're an adult, you're going to have to learn how to balance being sociable and hanging out with your friends with uh, going to work or mm-hmm. you can become a comedian. <laughs> and then <laughs> then you can is, talk forever and, then, and ever. And we don't and have to ever. do either of those things. Um, so screw you, most dad. most of your jobs is talking to your friends. And then that's literally what we're doing right now. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, it's about preparing you for the world, I think. And sometimes I think if you mollycoddle kids too much, they're just not prepared mm-hmm. when they go out into the real world and not everyone loves you or thinks you're special. And guess what? Like none of us asked to be born. Yeah. That's the one thing. You come you come out of a person who loves you and nurtured you into a world where mostly, uh, for the most part, they don't give a fuck. No one gives a fuck. No one cares. It's just yeah. another person. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to find that pa- balance between being compassionate and encouraging towards mm-hmm. children without saying like every time they shit out a fucking um, potato skin, you know, mm-hmm. stamp drawing that it's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Right. <laughs> to, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to, to kind of being like, yes, this is great. Do more and encouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a line between that and going, my child's the best. And oh my God, have you seen their art? And have you seen their thing? And they're so incredible. And I will tell them they're incredible. And then they get out into the real world. And then someone who doesn't love them is immediately like, this is shit. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and and, how, and how have you never had anybody that in your life loves you enough to tell you how bad this is? Yeah. Because that's yeah. the other side of it too, is if you really love somebody, you get, you're going to be able to pull them aside. Don't embarrass them, but pull them aside and be like, this needs work. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because to me, that's like, ultimately, like if you can truly be honest with somebody, I think that's when you really give a fuck about them. The coddling shit is... That's like, that's some fake friend shit. You know what yeah, I mean? It's the yeah. same kind of like, do I look good in this? If you're a real friend, be like, I would I would probably wouldn't rock that if I'm being yeah. honest with you. You know what yeah. I mean? 
Have I you know. got another option? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have another option? Yeah. Just wanna, I just want to see it on. Just yeah, put yeah, it on yeah. and then we can... <laughs> yeah. Well, the... the um. The thing I do with my stepson, actually, sometimes when we've done homework, mm-hmm. and he's smart, but you know what it's like when you're ki- your kid? You can be lazy. You're like, ah, oh, just... Well, that's the other thing, too. You you also don't know if your dad was like, oh, this is a teachable moment. I will put her in her room, and she will do all of this stuff that you said. Or he's just fucking furious, and he's like, get the fuck away from me. I don't want to hit you, so you have to get away from me so I don't hit you. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. parents also don't know what the fuck they're doing either. Like, they're, yeah. ever, they're just guessing through this whole thing. And, I mean, that's why every single, like, parent comedian is like, I definitely fucked up my kid because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. You know what I yeah. mean? Constantly being aware of that, that they're not... Uh, doing the best job possible because they don't know what the fuck they're doing and it's not always as uh easily calculated and thought out and stuff like that like sometimes you don't you don't know what the fuck's going on sometimes your kid just comes out completely naked covered in its own shit you know what i mean and then is like look dad i'm the president like how do you deal with that you know what i'm saying that's like a lot of <laughs> it's a you lot to handle back in the oval office <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And you tell him to sign some pieces of paper, <laughs> some executive orders. Um, but put gloves on first before you try to push him back into the chair. <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, because I was thinking about this with my stepson because it's he he came in, he did all his homework, and he's like, "I've done all my homework," and I was like, "Cool, bring it to me." And um, and he, I don't think he was expecting that, so he was like, "Oh." And then I went through it and I was like, oh, this bit's good. I was like, but you know what? This isn't as good as you can do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to go gold star. Well done. You did You did your homework. It's perfect. Now you can go and play on PlayStation. I'm like, do you know what? With just a tiny little bit more effort, like 10, 20%, this takes this from a C, C grade. And if you have like A minus, B minus. Yeah, 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 yeah. This takes this from a C to an A. Yeah. Like just a little bit of effort, like 10% more to some care and attention and a little bit more time to go over your answers and check for spelling and do the things. But that is, and that's not fun. Hey, I'm not fun, Bobby. Right, I'm not right, the right. fun, but I'm not, <clears throat> you know, that's not me being a fun, great person going, Tiff brought me a thing. Cause I do do that as well. But yeah, that's the parent going, what you have to understand is that if you just take a little bit more time, this is such a huge difference. A small amount of work can be a huge difference and you need to and learn that. And you get the reward your in life. the end. You get it's the reward it. in mm-hmm. the end and you take that out into the world and this is going to happen your whole life. You're going to do a thing and you know when you've slapdashed it and you've half-assed it. Yeah. And you then know? if you don't half-ass it regularly, you'll never half-ass it. You yes, know what I mean? Yeah. If you can get into the habit of not half-assing it, then you won't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and it's just, and just taking that little extra time and effort and then you don't have to do it again. Because yes. if you would have taken that 10% before when you did it the first time, then you're not going to have to do this and you you're can, not going to fail it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's also to me, that's like a constructive encouragement. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Where yeah. it's like, I'm taking the information that you've given me and then, okay, you can still improve this. I'm still being this. You're still giving positive reinforcement. It's like a combination of positive and negative reinforcement, which I think is um, the perfect amount. I think I think having both of those things is what makes a really good person, right. a good, well-rounded, like understanding like a thoughtful human being, you know, cause then they're not so delusional that they can do anything. Um, and they don't think their shit stinks where they're so delusional. You know what I mean? Yeah, where they're, they're yeah. not, and they're also not so riddled with shame that they don't think they're good at anything. 
Do you know? Yes. What? Yeah. So yeah. I had, I had like, m- like my dad was my negative reinforcement and my mom was my positive reinforcement. You know what I mean? My dad would be like, you can't fucking, you know, I'm not going to support you if you go in the arts. Uh, negative, negative, negative. And then my mom was like, fuck that guy. Do whatever you want. So then it was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Which is wh- also probably why I have a huge problem with authority because fuck you. <laughs> I'll do whatever I want type of deal. Well, interestingly, there was a school project and this arts thing comes up regularly and I have a real thing about class and how, Mm. who pursues art and works in those domains and those fields and it's often people who come from money because they can afford to do all the freelance and work and uh, internships and all of that, you Mm -hmm. know. And I, but but also, if you're from a working class or blue collar family, you're not told that this is a thing that can make actual money because it's yeah. like a secret world that hasn't been unlocked for you. Well, that's so you how I found out about comedy. I literally thought when I was a kid, I thought that there there was like comedy. I mean, not this is ridiculous, but the, the, the comedy got you were chosen to be a comedian. And then I remember I was like 22 and I was working. I was selling timeshare over the phone and my boss took me into her office and she was like, what are you doing here? I feel like you're wasting your time. And I was like, first of all, I don't think you're supposed to do that as my boss. I think you're supposed to encourage me to keep working. And then she was just like, well, what do you want to do? And then I was like, oh, well, you know, and I started talking to her about how I love stand up and I've always wanted to do that. And she was like, so why don't you do it? And I was like, well, you can't just do it. And then I, she told me like her next door neighbor, her next door neighbor's fiance not to bring up a horrible word that you don't like, but the guy she was going to fucking intended. hitch to. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. It's as bad. <laughs> Her intended life partner um, was just a comedian. Then she said his name and it wasn't a famous comedian that I knew of. And then I was like, I didn't know that there was a middle class of stand-up. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, and if I'm being completely honest, I think it's diminishing. <laughs> I think that middle class is diminishing as well. But it's also like... I that world wasn't available to me. You know what I mean? And then once I found that out, once I found out there were people making a living fucking telling dick jokes, man, my whole world changed, you know? Yeah, I didn't know that that um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival existed until mm-hmm. I went for the first time at like 28. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And then Etonians, so like that's where all our prime ministers went to school or like Oxford and Cambridge, yeah, which yeah. are the Ivy Leagues, mm-hmm. right? they all get to do end of year shows there. And that's the frustrating, these people get to go and they're people who are going to be doctors and dentists. Yeah. And we're all off to do a jolly end of year show and a yeah. bit of fun. It doesn't matter if we, cause the school's paying for it. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these working class people going, okay, I've got like 10 grand on the line here. If I, <clears throat> yeah, they're way li- more thirsty for it to be good for yeah. the quali- I mean for the quality of it too but also yeah I've got 10 grand on the line and can I even afford to do it so there's half that just don't make it to that level of and and that is because all of the conversations as well around it when you're younger are well there's no money in the arts there's not that's not a career that's not a life and my aunt on my dad's my dad side still says that to me was was an actress and mm-hmm. he was you know he was like uh, her love her life was like not sad, but it, like in, towards the end it was. And fame was, a you know, there was all these conversations around. They didn't trust the business and how her life went towards the end. She sure. had, you know, like parties, drugs, uppers, downers, da, 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 you know, like it was seen as this like kind of scary thing. But even then they were like, this isn't, you, you can't make money doing this. This isn't. And my mum always used to be like, you've got such a good brain. Why are you wasting it doing, doing this? Like, so... The, the, but to I, me, that's not wasting it. You figure yeah. out a way to not have to fucking 
fucking work and you make <laughs> money off of your fucking thoughts like yeah dude, that is smart yeah <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah i don't have to i'm not in a kitchen slaving away for 60 hours a week to create something or in a you know what i mean or in an operating room fucking holding the brain of a small child to show you how fucking smart i am i'm literally in bars and fucking vape emporiums and if like <laughs> all of these places just spouting off my thoughts like yeah 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 it's it's a it's a world it's a magical and an exciting world but it is one that feels like it has a secret code to get in or it's hidden behind a bookcase mm -hmm. and there and are you gotta a figure certain out which type of person yeah mm -hmm. there's a certain type of person that shouldn't necessarily be doing it so he had a school project and it was like you had to run a shop um and he his first idea was um, or run a business was like, I'm going to do some paintings and sell them. Mm -hmm. And then everyone at his school went, mm -hmm, no, you can't do that. You could sell, sell sweets or something. And I was like, sell what? Sweets? Yeah. Like sell, <laughs> buy some sweeties and sell them with a markup. <laughs> and I was like, but that's his first their like kind bake of bake sale was that was their counter offer. Yeah, yeah. I want to sell art, and they're like, no, no, pastries. Pastries yeah. are a better oh, move. Oh, sweet. Oh, sweeties. Um, uh, candy candy sell candy. candy so what you call candy so and put a markup on it sell them individually buy packets sell them individually to kids and and uh and put a markup on it but i felt so sad for him i was like oh, can we go back and say to the school no because what this again it's implanting that idea that well that's not a viable business model because art doesn't make money so therefore go for the thing that lots of people want and i get it i was like yeah and lots of people run shops and they sell things at a markup, but he wanted to do some paintings and he might've even gone around and said, you can tell me what the painting is and I'll do the painting. And then they pay. Yeah. Teaching people, uh, their self-worth and, uh, like in a, man, money for services, yeah. putting a value on your own work. Like there's way more things to be learned being a 1099. You yeah. know what I mean? Selling something like that versus the most basic retail, like that could be taught in a day, but the yes. rest of it, it, it that, I mean, that takes a long time for you to learn. Yes. So, and they told him no. So I was, I was sort of furious about that, but that encapsulated how most, I guess, schools talk or think about art and what art means. And also it seems even crazier to me now because we live in a world where hardly anyone has a job for life. These things don't exist anymore. There is no such thing as a, mm -mm. you go in, you work this same job forever. Everyone's freelancing. Everyone's having to wear lots of different hats. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like yeah. dipping in a toe in and out of here. And, you know, it's, it's, and, and now we're in a famous uh, a world where like fame adds to whatever level of that, that is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my comedy, because people recognize me from TV shows means I can get more to host a corporate event where yeah. I do jokes at the top and mm -hmm. then introduce some awards than if I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> where a chef um, could be an amazing chef, but if they don't have a TV show, yeah. may not become not a, a celebrity chef, celebrity mm -hmm. chef or may not have a Michelin-starred chef mm -hmm. or a blog at least or something. Like that's become such a huge part of it. And that is all creative world and that is all art. So to kind of try and take kids away from that and go there's no money there and you go now there's money in the weirdest places yeah that you never expected no one knew bitcoin was going to be a thing yeah but there's money there yeah <laughs> i mean some days some days there's negative there's money. money yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what i mean like, yeah like that there would be a job where and that's a creative job say you work for a big 
corporation and you run their uh, social media pages mm-hmm. badly. Yeah. So a lot of the time, most some of the, the times, people yeah. who come in and they're like, they've got, but that's a job. Someone's job is to come up with creative ideas and ways of talking, like tweeting funny thing and then mm-hmm. interacting with customers and being able to, in a kind of creative that's, you know, that's where they've come in. Someone has to write, uh, you know, a menu mm-hmm. and make it look arty and fun. And that's, a di- you know, like these are all creativity or artistry comes into like all of these areas. Everyone has to have a website now. So everyone has to have a website designer. Yeah. So that's art. So when he's drawing pictures and selling pictures and they're going, that's not worth anything. You're like, that could lead to him being a, a website designer and a coder and, you know. Yeah or doing visual art or animation, which is worth a lot. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that's infuriating too is is they s- they'll they say that there's no money in art, but art is one of the most expensive things that rich people fucking exchange and buy. And you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, like that was this, the whole thing with like fucking Basquiat and uh, or I don't know how to say his name, right? Is that right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> or just like people like that where they're just like, oh, I, I found this art and like... Um, who is the other one? Who's the fucking Banksy? Like the Banksy? Banksy, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, so there's these artists that just make stuff because they it's in their heart to make stuff. And then all of a sudden, those things are worth millions of dollars. You know what I mean? So yeah. it makes no sense for you to not encourage something that could ultimately be worth Have you seen the Joan, most. Joan Cornella? The, um, oh, I love Joan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it's all, so fucking all of his books, right? <laughs> really? So, yeah, yeah, so great. So, if you guys don't fo- follow, follow on uh, a font Instagram, it's Sir, it's Sir Joan Canella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he does. It's, it's satire. It's some of the best comedy out there at mm-hmm. the moment. It's phenomenal. He's got the one of his famous ones is the guy with the selfie stick with and the gun on the end. Gun on the end. Yeah, yeah. it's so, so good. Um, and I followed him years and years ago, and we almost bought some of his stuff, and it was really cheap. And now I regret it because now he's got everything's like, worth so much. Money. Money. three million whatever but it's about what the value what you put out there and how people you know who decides what's art anyway and who decides how much art is worth everything what it's worth is totally subjective which is how there's able to be so many different types of comedy and just going it's only ever about finding your audience and if you're the audience for it then and that's sort of easier than ever with the internet and the ability to get clips out. I mean, there. that is the the side of the technology that I like is like without it, I probably would have never found Joan. You know what I mean? Yeah. I probably would have never fucked with a lot of the artists that I fuck with. And and so now I can pay, I can give art that I like money. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and to be in because it's in that's that's their positive reinforcement is oh there what I'm doing has value to it and people are trying to give me money for it. I'm gonna obviously keep doing it. That's you know? democratized that, and that's what podcasts are as well. And mm-hmm. but you, you, it used to be that you're relying on a television network to discover you or get you out there, and for you to build that kind of thing, yeah. or for someone somewhere to say will put them in front of a huge audience. Mm-hmm. And now you can get yourself in front of a huge audience. Um, but you just have to wear all these fucking hats. That's the that's the give and take with it is because with them choosing it, they were doing all of the PR for you. They were doing all of this other work for yes, you, and yeah. you just had to bring the talent, and yes, that was it. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, you have to be talented, but you also have to uh, be able to market yourself. You also have to be able to do it in a way that it makes people want to purchase. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you have to do all of these other things in order for you to uh, to even try 
Yes. In, for, for, or for you hire to, someone to do all of that for you. Yeah. So <laughs> then you have to be rich. That's And that's, yeah. that's what's super yeah. infuriating to me is then it's like these rich kids get to skip all of these steps yes. just because they have enough money to pay everybody to do it. They don't have to learn how to build their own my, website. Yeah, they don't have to learn. YouTube any, video up. Yeah, yeah. I've got a full crew following me. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm putting my YouTube where nothing happens for 17 straight hours. And yeah. here I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm rich enough that I can afford to just mm-hmm. put my con in my content mm-hmm. man. Get, get my, my content, content out there yeah keep my content up <laughs> yeah so that's yeah that's the other side of it that's frustrating but i do think it do- it does mean you can kind of creep through you can and comedy is one of the areas i think where beautifully when comics see other comics they like it's kind of has that feel of like if you're doing well or you've got enough of a name you're able to highlight people and go oh, look over here, this person's great and give them a little shot at something, what you're doing or yeah. get them on your podcast or if you book a show, get them on your show or if you're doing a TV show, you know, and this happened before. I've been, I've had a chance, you know, I did a pilot to select uh, the comics that were going to be, you yeah. know, for this non-broadcast thing and then that person gets to meet and you just, you're able to help up other people and you're able to bring in the funny people because we're all misfits and fucking weirdos and sure loons yeah. so like we all need to sort of vouch for each other in a certain way and kind of go this person's funny and like you should see them they should have a platform and you know and that but what can sometimes be quite an individualistic solo pursuit actually sometimes the flip side of that is you see really lovely moments of people you know um believing not, in you and, yeah. and saying hey, hey i think this person deserves to be successful and then other people go well i like you so i trust your opinion and then not, so i'm gonna fuck with that person as yeah, well Yeah, not pulling the ladder up yeah yeah i mm-hmm. think is the phrase so you'll see like i feel like like there's there's you know there's certain people who've done it or there's certain a lot of the stuff in my career you know and i've been lucky and i've done amazing stuff a lot of the stuff in my career i've hustled for myself but also then there have been people who have like sure. gone, I've written you a part in my TV show mm-hmm. and it's going to be one of the best parts you've done. So like one of my best friends at home wrote a part in her show for me and it's so great and I've got so much off it and I've known, we've known each other since we started out in comedy together and you know, so she, as soon as she got her show, she just put comics in it the whole way. Through. It's called Game Face on Hulu. It's a really, mm-hmm. really great show, but she just put comics through it, funny people, and then wrote funny for them, not, I'm going to keep this all for myself. Yeah. It was like, it's good if everyone around me is good. I d- it doesn't just need to be me being good, right? Yeah. Or some- That's always the sign of somebody that's, um, that's n- not too narcissistic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You still want to be in the limelight, but it's just like, but there's enough to go around. That's yes. the, it's that weird, like it's it's kind of the uh, the opposite of the mentality of like how, how sometimes people are like, oh, if these people get more rights, they're taking away my rights. Like there's yeah. this weird, um, I don't know why that happens, but there's this weird uh, idea that there, there's- mentality. Yeah, that there's, there is only a small amount and, and, and of anything and that small amount is a finite resource mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and if that's if it's spread at all but it's like but that's also the same it's a common misconception with power too that's why like a really good leaders delegate their power to other people and then that makes them even more powerful yes you know yeah and that's like another thing that people always forget where it's like people who micromanage and who don't want anybody to do anything except me i do all of everything those people will stifle or will stifle their own growth because they won't they don't see the value in everybody 
uh, below them or not even below them, but that's like working for working them. working with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. 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 Well, there's, and, and there's people who you just see who do that and they, they just open a door. And I really, I like that. I like when. Yeah. Cause I remember when, uh, cause I'm, I'm older too. So I remember when I was coming up, my, the person that I always looked up to, uh, in that regard was at, like Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, got made all of his friends fucking famous. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and work, got, got them work for years and years. And I was always just, I was like, man, I want to do that. Yeah. You know? And then the next wave of that was like, Amy Schumer did that. Amy Schumer got so many people work and shit like that. And that was always one of my favorite things about her. Well, it wasn't her stand up. It wasn't anything other than the fact that she was not only hugely successful, but then gave work to all of her friends. Like She's that's bringing women with her. Yeah. And that's something that I think is like a, a testament to actual progress as far as women goes is that women are actually helping women and it's not that old school caddy there can only be one yeah there's that um you know like i need to be i need to be the only chick around in order for me to be good because then it's like then you don't really have to be that good if there's nothing to compare yeah you know what i mean nothing to compete with Mm -hmm. and it just it should make everyone and uh, that doesn't always have to be a a competition (laughs) either a rising tide lifts all boats but here's the here's the other thing as well is that when you were talking about when people feel like they might miss out or lose out, mm-hmm. this thing with like trying to make it fairer and giving people you think deserve a shot, it happens a lot when conversations ha- happen around uh, gender and race diversity, right? Mm-hmm. Or diversity sure. generally. That there are some guys who, and I get it. I get, if I had that privilege for that long, I would fear losing it. Sure. But you're not losing anything. All you're having to do is be better and work harder for the jobs. Yeah. Because the guys that are really good, here's the thing. They don't care about it. straight male comedians who are incredible will still get work and will always get work because they're incredible. Yeah. The ones who need to worry are the ones who've coasted by for ages being friends with other white male comedians Mm -hmm. or got by being average because they were like, we don't want to book more than two women on a bill because it's not a special night yeah, or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, or that would happen. It'd be like, we've got a black comic, so we don't need a woman. We've got a black guy. Like, you know, those fucking crazy, you know, how bookers are like that, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got a magician. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, so, so, um, so, so the only people that need to fear like kind of positive discrimination and all of that are, dudes that aren't very good at it yeah if you're mediocre get a lot better because that's what we all had to do because mm-hmm. we weren't getting the chances so we had to make ourselves undeniable yeah go make yourself undeniable and you'll be fine yeah <laughs> but that's that's, and that's why it's exactly well that's why it's frustrating uh on this side of it is because you've had to, you've already had to do all the extra work to be to stand out you know to what just i mean get to wear a mediocre one, yeah yeah because yeah. if there's only going to be one person then it's like fuck i'm competing with like every single female on the face of the planet just to get this one shot because there's only one chick yeah you know and now there's there's but the, the other side of that is then there's people I would say there are some people who don't put in the work, don't try to be undeniable. And then if they don't get anything, it's because of discrimination and it's because, and it's like, no bitch, you got to work too. You still got to work. It's not like, and I get it. Why wouldn't you want to be mediocre and still have cool things work out for you? But ultimately I think we're supposed to be better than what happened. You know what I mean? I don't think we're supposed to just replace straight white men with straight white women. You know what I mean? I think you still got to fucking put in the work. Yeah. You know, you got to be as good as you can be. Yeah. Give yourself the best chance. But it's, it's, yeah, 
It's uh, but that that usually only comes from people who are are privileged. It's that that rich kid shit that we were talking about earlier. Those that's the only time when the discrimination card gets thrown first, right? Because it's like well, normally I just walk into this because my friend mm-hmm. runs that TV channel, so or my friend runs that comedy website, so, and so yeah, so it should why be. Why didn't I get yeah, it? So why didn't I just get? Because I would just normally I just get booked. I mean, I remember when I come through, like. I would go. I would go and do like what we call open spots before you got paid spots at clubs because I came through all the clubs in the like UK. Like guest spots yeah. is what they call it here, yeah. And um, and like I had f- male friends who I started out at the same time. One of them was like, "You're so much better than me. Why aren't they paying you?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Guess why? Yeah, some <laughs> balls swinging around here. <laughs> like my balls are all metaphorical. Sorry, you know." But it and it, I got it, that throughout my whole career. I got through. There was always men going, "You should be further along than you are." And I'm like, "Well, tell somebody, tell another man that if you could, so yeah. I could tell the person who makes the decision yeah. that, so I can be." <laughs> Don't tell know. me. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate the compliment, but it doesn't fucking help me at all. Yeah. Tell the people that book it, and then some of them have, and th- those are the instances. Where it's like it's hard for me to like hate on men because men when when I was the context where there was no other fucking women to help me, yeah. men helped me. So yeah. I can't hate them completely because oh no, they no, me. someone like Andy Zaltzman who's bringing through like on the Bugle podcast, like bringing through different people, or like uh, you know met like Jimmy Carr. Jimmy got me on eight out of ten cats. Mm-hmm. You know, like like the TV show. So it's like th- there are you know if people think you're talented and they're good, they'll be like, hey, you, we should have her or mm-hmm. you know this person should and I, I i mean i just wrote on an hbo show for um uh this show called avenue five and that's armando Iannucci and armando's like given me an opportunity to yeah like or mentor or like come in and gone do you want to you know and i'm like oh he's like a comedy god so that's come from him yeah do you know what i mean so that that is it's men and women who've done that who've helped yeah. me yeah um but and then I get it because if you hang out if you just hang out with guys then it's about so much of comedy especially in podcasting or going on the road is about hanging out with your mates who you shoot the shit with yeah and why wouldn't you want to help out your mates so you're trying to help out your mates but then not realizing that actually when you do have a bit of power and leverage that it is about balancing things so even when I've got my room running at home in in London I was Mm -hmm. like oh this is I need to just have the bill as much as I can. There'll always be at least three women on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll probably have like seven to eight acts a night. There'll be at least three. I you think know? it's also too realizing that that is a power. Because I don't think a lot, I think a lot of times people don't realize that. Like, it's just like, oh, I'm just booking a show. Who gives a shit? You and know what I like, mean? Well, you're withholding stage time and spots from people. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. also, there is a thing of like, I don't have to book anyone. I can just book my friends because it's just a, it's not a thing that is. Yeah. But it is. This bar like, show doesn't matter. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But it, but in terms of what it represents, it does matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I just book who I think is good. But I, but and that always ends up being lots of women anyway. Yeah. You know. Or um, I'm trying to think. Oh, my podcast. When I did my podcast series, um, the bookings. I think I had like two guys, and I don't even know if it was that. Con- I was just like, I want her. I want her. I want her. You know. Mm-hmm. And and that's how that ended up landing. Yeah. Like it was a very like because the the, the st- kind of stories that I want to hear and I want to hear different stories from different people and had a mix of US comedians and a Australian one and a uh, New Zealander and everything else but it just but that's when you go when my responsibility is there I've got to try and be a bit 
if I'm doing a show, I'll try and have two women open for me. If I've got a tour support, I'll have a woman. But then the other night, I did a show at the Hyperion and my friend Chris Martin opened for me. Yeah. So I had a fellow Brit, but he was really great. And so, uh, you know, as I've known him for ages, naturally, do you want to hop up and do a spot? That's quite, you know, like. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so it's about like trying to be, co if you do one thing constantly and you're constantly leaving it out and someone flags it up and goes, you don't seem to get very many women on your show. Just try and be, try not to take it as an attack and go, oh, could I try a bit harder to. Or just be like, oh shit, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Not everything. But that's the other thing too, is sometimes people don't know how to communicate that yeah without it like it's always an attack yes you yeah. know what i mean i think there there could be some finessing in the way that you communicate uh like you wanting progress run out and shot female comedians in the head rather than book them yeah. <laughs> as a bit much yeah as opposed to going do you know that none of your lineups for like six months have had like the comedy store in the in the uk like for a long time it was like about one woman every six weeks and they've tried really hard recently but there's been conversations yeah and i've had conversations but also i'm a person that can have conversations because i tour so i but there are people who don't want to risk doing that they don't want to risk rocking the boat because they're in they do the shows and i'm yeah. a bit more like come on guys like yeah. you know and well, to me i think that's more empowering if i'm on the inside yes, like exactly. you know what i mean for instance like if i work at the store here like i'm i'm gonna know like i'm gonna notice because i'm there i'm within it and and wouldn't it be better for them to hear it from somebody that they fuck with yeah exactly you know what I mean? yeah yeah, yeah. it's like I, i'm part of the family motherfucker you should be listening to me because i have your best interest at yes. heart yeah you know? oh, and that's I should say that's the one in London mm -hmm. but yeah we've had conversations where I'm like I think you know and and it's changed and also one of the things that has changed is the guy who owns it has quite a capitalist mindset and when people are saying where are the women and the female Wait, comments you're missing, are making there's money, money on the table you're that missing, you're fucking out of. from the most cynical viewpoint it's not even about making it diverse right it's about kind of going where's the money <laughs> follow the money if you want to appeal to them in that way you yeah know? but yeah so we've had conversations and we've had debates about it and i can kind of be a person that kind of flags it up and goes hey what about you know what about and, this and 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 that's good and i think that's how you know just little small changes gradually but yeah don't you can go in and kind of go oh have you have you know like dm someone and kind of go if you noticed like it, you've not got a lot of <laughs> yeah. women on. Instead of opening with you're fucking sexist, why don't you have any bitches on in your lineups? You know what I yeah. mean? Because that's immediately going to put somebody on the defensive. Yeah. So it's just like, it's, yeah, it's the way that you do it too. Oh shit, we got to go. Uh, it is time for the gripe of the week. Gripe of the week from Courtney O'Brien is when you take your bra off and there is Doritos stuck all over your breasts. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, you got big ass titties, so I'm yeah. certain you've. you've oh, I used to have a joke about taking my bra off and biscuits falling out, which here are cookies. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> do so you like stuff? Stu do you put stuff in your bra? Like I use a, I got one titty bigger than the other, so I have a little pocket on one side. So I always use that. That's like, you know how people take those, um, those passport yeah things and so it, attach it to like that was that's my my little titty my little titty is, is where i hide anything i don't want anybody to get access to yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know what you do about that it's just it happens it becomes like a container for stuff mm -hmm. boobs if you've got big boobs wear a turtleneck then none of that shit will get in there yeah then it'll just all be on the front it'll be on the front like <laughs> on the shelf yeah dorito dust i mean at least she didn't have a dorito bath like that crazy person on twitter the other week did you see that 
Yeah, that's gross. Was it? Oh no, it wasn't Doritos. It was a Cheetos bath. It was like flaming <sighs> hot Cheetos. She definitely got thrush, candida from that, didn't she? She definitely had like a like a yeast problem down there. Really? Well, you would. <laughs> I think you just would. I think your vagina would be on fire anyway. Also, if it, it but why the bet? Like, if it's just for a photo op, you know what I mean? Wear some underwear. It was some thirsty Twitter something. I don't know what it was. I mean, it got shared a lot. But you were like, geez, some people do anything for these likes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Ty Rivera's gripe of the week is gays using old pictures on Grindr. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's always frustrating for any any dating app to be yeah. putting those lies up. You know, we don't want to know how good you once Your looked. headshot. Yeah. <laughs> Your headshot from like 10 years ago. That was, that was very, because back then it was like heavily photoshopped was the way to yeah, go. Yeah. Like, I do like that, that there's this trend in photography where people want to see what you actually look like like it was almost like a rebellion of all the photoshopping and airbrushing and all that shit to the point where people like now i want to see what this bitch really looks like you know yeah and you can always i think you can always tell but how insecure a person is by like how many snapchat filters are on their profile picture we're just like oh you don't you're just a pair of eyes now you're just a pair of eyes you're face tuned into yeah (laughs) oblivion yeah i don't i don't do that and i sometimes put like a filter Mm -hmm. you know the ones that are in instagram and i go oh amaro yeah 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 i actually quite i've sort of requested that everyone just view me in ludwig in real life right (laughs) give everyone ludwig glasses because i look really good in ludwig but (laughs) but but i don't really go in and mess around my face and i tried to use facetune once and i just end up making bug eyes and crazy looks because i like to me that's funnier and my head tiny because i just thought it was stupid and funny exactly um but i can't i can't and i think if you get into that so much like how do you recognize yourself like you this idea of who you are or the world's idea of who you are and then you turn up yeah a completely different person yeah to me that's like more of a bummer to have somebody in person look at you and go uh what the fuck is that <laughs> yeah <laughs> to me that's way that's way worse than somebody being able to do that silently at on, on based on a photograph you yeah, know yeah i'd much rather i'd much rather have someone be like oh you look better in real life. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. Krista Gray's gripe of the week is, can we talk about men ignoring a hand for a handshake and then go in for the hug? I don't like hugging strange dudes. I'm a very picky hugger. I mean, as a person who has made men hug me, because I'm, I'm on the other side of that because I hug everybody. Um, but I do understand not wanting to be hugged. I think that's just going to be on a case by case basis. Yeah, you shouldn't expect. I've I've I hug with women, and then I've actually realised that some women don't want to hug me. And I'm, <laughs> a, I'm, a, I'm coming in for a boob hug, and then guys sometimes get nervous. They're like, I accidentally touched a boob, and it's like it's fine. We were like, yeah, we were hugging. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. But I, but 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 also, I would take the social cue if someone put their hand out. That's what I mean. So it was a woman the other day. She put her hand out, and I was like. Oh, I was gonna go for a hug, but she's definitely put her hand out. So she wants acknowledge this much space between acknowledge us. that mm-hmm. she doesn't want bodily contact with me, and that's fine. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but, <there's> a, <laughs> but, but yes, yeah, dudes take the hint there because if someone's putting their hand out, they're doing the they're doing they're giving you a cue. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't go in. Don't go. In. This is as far as we go. Is yeah. right here. Yeah. Um, Heather Cox gripe of the week is when someone tries to do something nice for someone and it goes viral and then all the trolls on the internet shit on it. Oh, I think this is a reference to the, um, 
the nine-year-old Australian kid that got bullied, and then Brad Williams posted a GoFundMe for it. Yes, I saw that. And then everybody was like, he's 18, he's faking it, and it's (laughs) not real. Oh, my God. This poor kid. Yeah. And then they tried to say that he was like, because there's like pictures of him in, um, that I guess his mom had him in like a Power Wheels that looked like a Mercedes and like all this other shit. So they're like, it's such bullshit. But it wasn't the kid's idea or the mom's idea to to set up a GoFundMe. She didn't do it. No, Brad did it. She doesn't say in the video, she was like, what can we do? Like give awareness to your kids about disability. That's what, when I watched the video, that's what she was saying. Because he was crying going, I want to kill myself. I want to take a knife and kill myself. And he'd obviously been to school and people would be like, this isn't a school child. If the video went up, they'd be like, this guy's 27. Why are they saying he's yeah. a school child? It wasn't until the money came around that they were like, then this people kid's were fake. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fucking, yeah, I and agree to be with that. Fair, to be fair, it it is like, I don't know, a lot of money. Like it was, a, the thing was originally 10 grand and it was just so he could go to Disney with his mom. And right. They were going to fly him here to go to yeah. Disney and all that shit. And then now I think it was like, it was close to like $400,000. They okay. ended up changing. So well, there's like a lot of money. But he's, but he's also talking about maybe we could put it into some kind of something. Fun. Yeah. Like a charity and shit like that. He's like, yeah. I want to take them to Disney. That's going to happen. And then like, I think Fiji airlines or something like that donated two tickets, two round trip tickets for them to be able to go. And then, so, and now he's being put in this weird position of power where like everybody's looking at him like, what are you going to do with this money? Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's just like, I was just trying to help this kid out and now why don't we put it into a fund so that other kids that are bullied people can get in touch or if something's gone on then we give it to other kids who yeah need to have a nice experience or we set up a, a helpline a call line where people can call in and talk and sure therapy or but something. nobody's suggesting any of that they're just no like, they're this just kid's going fucking fake and this, this is gives, bullshit and you're keeping the money yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is uh, that's super I frustrating. I, I think agree that sucks. With that gripe. When people try to just fucking be a good person, and then and then the internet is because it's the best and the worst. Because, you know what I mean? Because no one has nuance. That's the problem. You know, like with all of this, it's always about balance, which is less funny for comedic purposes. But the truth of it is, is I hate performative shit. I like demonstrative. Yeah. But I think what Brad did was demonstrative. Going, yeah. Let's set up a fund. Let's get this. That's the demonstrative. And people have viewed that as being performative when it's not because people aren't that smart. Yeah. Like they can't tell the difference. Is someone, who's, is someone who just constantly attacks other people, takes the moral high ground. All of like, Twitter. I, all yeah, of Twitter. That mm-hmm. I am and I am this person and I'm super woke and I understand all of these terms and I'm a but, but And you've got it wrong. And don't look at me because I never get it wrong. Look at this person over here. Fucking it up. Yeah. But then you go, what do you do in your everyday life? Do you go out and do you help friends? Do you... Uh, go and uh, volunteer at a shelter? Yeah. Do you go help people at Christmas when they're lonely or Thanksgiving and go out and give them dinners? Do you give people money on the street? Do you give people money on the street and not ha- feel the need to tell everyone yeah. that you've given money? Are you a money? cunt to every server that t- takes care yeah. of you? Do you yeah. have a tip? Do you, you know, so this all this kind of like moral top trumping and performative moralism, Yeah, I find tedious. What I like is demonstrative. Yeah. And of course, we should call people out when they've done things that are, you know, worthy of calling out. But I feel like when it's on this kind of level, when it's like this, where you're like, oh, this is just meanness. This is just mean. Yeah. This is like, why are you attacking Brad, who did a nice thing? Yeah. You're just being mean. And you don't understand the difference between performative and demonstrative. Not only that, but then you have become the bully. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's this nine year old that somebody's trying to do something nice for because somebody was mean to him. And now you're being a cunt about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just as bad, if not worse, because you have all the information, if not worse than, than the people that were bullying him initially. Yes. Yeah. And you're a grown person. That's the, what makes it even worse is you're an adult and bullying a, a nine year old child now. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you. You piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was, uh, whose was your favorite gripe? I think that was my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. I agree with that. Krista Gray, you get gripe of the week this week for, can we talk about, oh no, that's the wrong one. Heather Cox. Heather Cox gets gripe of the week for when someone tries to do something nice for someone and it goes viral and then all the trolls on the internet shit on it. Um, tell everybody where to find you so they can stalk uh, you on the internet. Stalk me at, uh, at Tiff Stevenson on Twitter. I'm much better on that. I'm still working out Instagram as we've discussed, uh, but I'm on there Tiff Stevenson comic and I got a website Tiff Stevenson. Stephen with a V right with a not v, PH not mm-hmm. a v, not a PH so tiffstevenson.co.uk and I've got my tour dates on there so there'll be some American dates um there's some there's one in March in New York and then there's one in there's some, a run of shows in April here in LA and I'm trying to get to Philly and a couple of other places and then all my UK dates in autumn. I don't know how many UK listeners you've got. But some I don't of them know might either. be. There's some, there's some, but I don't know how many. I need to so get more American followers. Uk. Yeah, I looked on my Instagram, like, insights. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was like 16% or something of my followers are from America. Oh, nice. So it was the, the majority are from the UK. And then there's some Australia. And but I was like, 16% is not enough. I'm here now, so <laughs> we'll get, get those. Let's get those get numbers your shit up. Make sure together, <laughs> America. Make sure you follow her at Tiff Stevenson at the Funny Carmen. Follow the podcast at No Sir Pod. Email me, nosirpod at gmail.com. Make sure you follow Tiff Stevenson. Thanks so much for coming on, dude. Thanks did for you have a good me. time? Fuck I did. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. I love you. I'll see you next fucking week. Write a nice little review on the iTunes. I love you. Bye bye. No, sir, I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. No 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 sir, I don't like it. What the fuck is the fucking matter? Are you stupid or what?
Remember, I don't want 